From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, September 6th. Utah is suing the Biden administration over its expansion of national monument boundaries for Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante. That lawsuit could have impacts beyond Utah, changing the interpretation of the Antiquities Act. But whether it changes how the land is managed is another issue. Justin Higginbottom has more. Utah Republicans have fought the federal government over the size of those two national monuments since President Bill Clinton. There's been short-term victories for those officials, like when Trump cut the size of Bears Ears National Monument, only for Biden to restore them again to previous boundaries. Brigham Daniels is an expert in environmental and property law and visiting professor at the University of Utah. He says this latest attempt to decrease those borders isn't just focused on whether one size is better than another. It seems to be trying to take a shot at whether or not the Antiquities Act itself, it's more than a century old. It's one of the the legacies of Theodore Roosevelt's presidency, whether or not The interpretation of that enactment allows for monuments of significant size, including those of Bears Ears and the Grand Staircase. The Antiquities Act currently gives the president authority to restrict access to wide swaths of land as national monuments, from the Grand Canyon in Arizona to the Jackson Hole region in Wyoming, which was later folded into a national park. Daniel says he doesn't know for sure what the state's lawyers are thinking, but they could have ambitious aims. Just from what I understand, that the strategy is to get it in front of the Supreme Court. That's a pretty audacious goal to start with. To make it to the Supreme Court would take years of litigation and a lot of lawyers' fees. The case needs to wind its way through the district court and then through a circuit court. Even then, the Supreme Court chooses to hear just a few hundred cases a year. And it would be a big decision to side with Utah, although the current bench seems willing to overrule precedents like Roe v. Wade. But this really would be a legal sea change of enormous proportions if the Supreme Court ended up going this way. If the Supreme Court does side with Utah, that could open up litigation against other large national monuments in the country. But Daniel says after all that work, it doesn't necessarily mean the land will be managed so differently. For example, with Bears Ears, the president could still direct management through federal agencies like the Bureau of Land Management and the National Forest Service. Those agencies have a lot of discretion in how lands are used. It's not all at all clear to me that even if the state won its lawsuit, that that means that the lands have to be managed any differently by the agencies. We basically have had presidents who have fought over what we call it. He says how those areas have been managed in the back and forth between presidential decrees hasn't been radically different. What has changed is the amount of press and then visitors to an area like Bears Ears. But we have not seen radical changes down there. But we have seen radical changes in the amount or the number of people who actually visit these places, particularly Bears Ears. Some worry about Bears Ears serving as an overflow for Arches National Park. That might be the biggest risk to the troves of artifacts and ruins in the area. Meanwhile, the Utah legislature this year has appropriated $5 million for public lands litigation. So there's likely enough funds to fight over at least the names of these lands in the coming years. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. This summer, two horsemen traveling with pack animals appeared in the northern corridor of Highway 191. One of the riders 
dressed in spurs and outfitted with an embroidered blanket, particularly appealed to Stephen Schultz. I like this guy here. You like this guy? He's got style. Schultz is the chapter president of Canyonlands Backcountry Horsemen and the equestrian rep for Grand County Trail Mix. He loves history. The Spanish-Mexican caballeros, you know, they, they were flashy. They were classy guys. They really loved the bling. You, you'll see uh, you know, all the styles of horsemanship from the Southern California, from the vaqueros. were always the, the conchos and the silver and the sombreros and the embroidery. It was really a part of their culture, and I think it's absolutely wonderful to show some flair like that. These writers, of course, are silhouettes, artistic renderings of travelers who might have used the old Spanish trail in the mid-1800s. The trail snaked roughly 1,200 miles from California to New Mexico, and the geology around Moab provided an important river crossing along it. The Moab Fault created a viable walking path through the area. It was uh, something that predetermined the location of Moab totally due to the geology of the area. Uh, Hundreds of miles up and down the river, there's literally no place you can ford the river without coming down a very steep and long cliff, hundreds if not a thousand foot. So the town of Moab now is famous for its trails, but it was built because of a trail, because of a natural pathway in prehistory and history. The commemorative silhouettes were spearheaded by a passionate member of the backcountry horsemen and crowdfunded, with significant donations by two local business owners. The group eventually raised enough funds to commission Utah artist Alden Holmes, whose western silhouettes line other portions of the trail, including in Green River. They found the perfect site for the art here in Moab just off of what is now a bike path, slightly north of the Courthouse Wash trailhead and parking area. The local backcountry horsemen loved it so much that when they found out it was owned by the Department of Energy, they were not deterred. The DOE operates the uranium cleanup project across the highway. The DOE, we completely understand, they are not really people that work with the general public on land use. You know, the BLM, yes, the forestry, yes, but the DOE is doing their own thing. So, you know, to say, hey, we're a bunch of volunteers, we want to put an art project on your land, they're like, what? But they did, and they submitted all the NEPA documents. They went Suffice it to say, this process of installing these silhouettes was long, years long. But the project eventually got through a federal environmental assessment process, and the pieces went up in June. Schultz says they helped lift up Moab and the Old Spanish Trail's place in history. There's a lot of real famous trails, the Chisholm Trail, uh, you know, the Overland Trail, all the different trails that went through the West settlers used. The old Spanish Trail kind of got left behind because it was mostly used before the westward expansion. Um, it was a overland route to connect the settlements in New Mexico, the old Spanish settlements, Santa Fe and Albuquerque, to the California settlements. Some of the caravans that were documented were quite large. They had 500 mules under pack, which is a lot of animals to get through from point A to point B. And you know, they'd average, you know, 10, 15, 20 miles a day on the good going. The caravans included textiles like woven goods and blankets for trade, but they carried a harsher history here too. The route also facilitated an extensive slave trade with Native Americans forced into servitude. At that time, There was a dark history where some of the Spanish settlements used Native American slaves for both the mines and for house servants. And uh, it became the dark part of the trail. Moab's silhouettes depict only merchants with their goods, 
Those in Green River include captured Native Americans on their way to be sold into slavery. It's that historic mix of cruelty and injustice, along with pioneering spirit. Schultz estimates over a dozen locations now have similar art to commemorate the history of the trail, bringing awareness to the cultural, social, and economic situations at the time that really contributed to simply bringing more people to this corner of the world. The Old Spanish Trail played a huge role there. It's kind of the way the West, a lot of times these natural corridors were established by migration of wildlife, of animals, of deer. And then later uh, Native American peoples followed those and the routes became fairly well known and well used. And then later on people find the paths and constantly improve them to become uh, well, what it is today. We're behind us Highway 191, which is really the route of the old Spanish trail through most of Grand County. This is our heritage. So people have to understand that Moab was really founded by, first of all, of course, the, the Native Americans who lived here, but also later on, the cowboys and the people that came in actually opened up all these trails and visited all these canyons. So it's something that's changed dramatically, but it's a nice reminder to let them know who started uh, using and exploring this fantastic place we live in. To get up close to the old Spanish trail riders and their pack animals, head up the bike path from Courthouse Wash Trailhead and parking area towards the entrance of Arches National Park. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, September 6th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.